They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it I never it. took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers. It's hard to get a start in these parts without paper. Homie, I grew up in hell. A block away from hey, heaven. And you're now listening to the Powercast, where we will be recapping Power, uh, Power Book 2 Ghost Episode 3. And that is so long-winded that, you know, sometimes I, I, I forget even how to say it. But, yeah. Uh, we, we're recapping that show, episode three. So, um, of course, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? Good, good. And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How you doing, Dana? I'm doing dandy. Good, good. I'm glad you're doing dandy. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I want to give a big shout to everyone who's, you know, picked the show back up and started commenting and everything, left us comments. You know, shouts to Rainy J and, uh, 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 what's, what's, uh, damn, I'm so bad with names. Oh, Angelwood, Angelwood. Big shouts to you. And, um, and we actually have, you know, a clip from someone. Somebody, somebody sent in an audio because, you know, they, they liked what we're doing so much. And, you know, this person is actually, you know, he's been very uh, active in participating with us on, on Twitter and everything. So he sent us an audio clip to play on the show, um, you know, basically just some feedback for the show. So I, I'm, I'm going to play that. But if you guys also want to send in some, you know, um, voice clips, you know, you can give your theories on, on power itself or you can give us feedback you know, you can send that over to Gary at thecoalition.com. Uh, coalition spelt with a K, of course. Uh, you can see the spelling on the screen at the top right now. Um, and yeah, so send that to me and I will play it on the show as long as it, as long as it's appropriate to play. Um, try not to curse too much just because YouTube, you know, they, they bug, they bug out sometimes. So, uh, yeah, keep it, keep it as clean as you can. But, um, Here's the clip from Robert Silver. I'm about to play it now. Just one sec. Hey, Gary, Rich, and Dana. This is Robert Silver. I follow you guys on Twitter. Been listening to your Power podcast for the last two years. The last podcast covering episode two was tremendous. You three guys and young lady. I'm sorry. You two fellas and young lady should be writers for this show. Because you do a great job of analyzing this show and filling in the holes. And you got a lot of holes in this show. And um, I just want to tell you guys that you guys do a sensational job. I'm hoping you guys go and review shows like Snowfall, American Soul, Lovecraft uh, Country. Because you guys do a sensational job as black podcasters covering a black show. And I appreciate you guys And I appreciate the show I've been listening for the last two years I've not missed an episode Rich, Gary, Dana We'll be talking to you soon Alright, so that was Robert Silver 
Big shouts to him. Thank you very much for the message and the kind words. We really appreciate that. And uh, we, we figure like this would actually be a good way to, you know, get more of the people involved and, you know, we can share theories and such. Um, so you guys can actually be part of the show. So definitely, you know, consider sending your voice clips over, you know, um, and uh, try to, you know, keep it within like a minute, you know, 60 seconds and everything. Because uh, we don't want to get too long-winded with the show and everything. So, uh, we appreciate Robert Silva. Thank you very much. And hopefully, you know, we'll hear from more fine people in the coming weeks. But, um, yeah, let, let's get straight to episode three of Power Book 2. Um, and, you know, I have to say, like, I was just saying this off-air. Like, this was really, like, an episode that kind of uh, just moved the, moves the story along. So, I feel like, you know, not... Not a lot of explosive things happened in this episode, but there are some, you know, pretty important things that we need to dive into. Um, so, yeah, let, let's let's unpack what, what we saw. So, I want to start here, right? I want to start with Brother Jabari. Um, so, the, the teacher, you know, uh, the black guy and everything, he's kind of... You know, he's he, sometimes he throws shade at Tariq. Sometimes he he seems like he's kind of on his side, and he just wants him to, you know, be a strong, you know, black mind and everything like that. Um, so he kind of plays that, you know, double role and everything. And I, I appreciate his character sometimes, but in this episode, he kind of uh, he kind of stepped outside the boundaries of a teacher a little bit. So <laughs> I want to ask you guys. Um, do you think this is like so I'm talking specifically about the part where you know he uh he has a young lady in his office and she's reading his book um and yeah some things happen and his ex you know she 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 comes into her own office which is like next door and she starts to hear these loud noises um and then she's disturbed by that and she leaves and everything so I want to ask you guys like you know cuz Rich you actually you know you mentioned before, like you predicted that there was going to be something like this happening with a teacher and a student. Um, so, you know, I want to ask you guys, you know, do you think that this is going to come back on Jabari and be a problem for him um, and where you see it going from there? So, Dana, uh, you're currently unmuted. Did, did you have something to say about this? Um, <laughs> here's a... I was disappointed in this scene for the simple fact that it's so cliche. Um, thought that we wouldn't exactly go to this route of student-teacher relationships, but yet here we are. Uh, do I feel that this could bite him in behind later on? Absolutely. Um, one of two ways. It could cause one of those whole jealousy streak, fatal attraction things when he tries to break it off because he seems to just have a ding-dong problem. He's just going to probably end up binging other students. Um, or it could be one of those things where he is held, what do you call it, um, blackmailed because of this whole situation. Either way, I don't like it. And then you have also the ex-girlfriend who's in the other, literally in the other room who we saw storm away afterwards. We don't know how she is going to react to that whole thing. She could be very professional about it, and, you know, um, not mention it, or she could be one of those people who's in her feelings and causes him to have problems. Either way, I did, I just didn't like it. 
again, it felt really cliche. Yeah, I, I was hoping that he would resist her, like, because cause it looked like he was going to, like, he kind of pushed her away. He was like, no, nah, you can't do this and everything. Um, and it seemed like, you know, he was he was actually going to go through with it and, and get her to leave and everything. But right. then at the last second, he just like slammed the door shut. And then, you know, he was a, a, a weak, a weak man being controlled by his parts at that point. Um, very dramatic how he just like slammed the door. Yeah, yeah but very dramatically. Wait, don't go. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rich, like, uh, what would you think of that? Since you're the one that predicted something like this would happen. <laughs> well, I have to say, I was surprised that he is the one that um, that did this. Well, first and foremost, let me get to answer your question. Uh, yes, I do believe that uh, there will be repercussions of this. I do like Dana's theory of the student coming back to blackmail him later. That's possible, but also the fact that uh, his ex, uh, Carrie, right next door, and the fact that he was still reaching out to her at the beginning of this episode and wasn't getting responded because, as her therapist told her, you need to avoid this guy. Uh, if for anything that's not related to the school um, So yeah he, he obviously Saw that he had an opportunity to mess around With this other girl and that's what he decided to do uh, I will say I don't know if y'all noticed That sex scene was a lot more risque Than the one between him and Carrie Last week So um, Yeah I don't know why they felt the need to really Emphasize that I figured that one of those Risque scenes was going to come About at some point in time but what I am interested in knowing what's going to happen next is you mentioned last week, Gary, that uh, we, uh, we, we we noticed that Carrie has a bit of a unhealthy obsession with Tariq. And you noticed that Tariq didn't he, he wasn't around her at all this episode. They are going to eventually have another interaction because she has to respond to the fact that she had that vigil. And Tariq obviously wasn't really cool with that, tried to avoid that. But now we, as we, as you'll get into later, you know, Tariq is obviously not doing good in, in, in with the classes now. So I feel like there's another conversation coming with her at some point of time, and I'll be curious to see if she is the one that tries to make advances with Tariq, because obviously, after hearing what was happening in the other room, yes, she's going to feel very angry and disturbed about that, but also wanting to reach out for some type of sympathy. And we know Tariq also is in a sympathetic state as well because he got failed in he you know he failed that 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 uh that that uh that last report that he's submitted. So I'm very curious to see um which direction they're gonna take things now. But I do feel as though he is Jabari is going to lose out and, and of course let's also mention the fact that Carrie got him the job so she can report him and get him fired also. So it, he definitely that character is definitely going to uh, experience some issues as we get deeper into the season, um, and it could come from multiple directions. So we'll have to wait and see which direction it actually is going to end up being. Yeah, great points there. Uh, this this could backfire on him in many ways. You know, like if he upsets that because now he's in a position where if he upsets that young lady, she can blow him up. Like she can, you know, she could blow up his position. He could lose his job. He could lose everything. Um, so he's he's very vulnerable now. Go, what was you Absol- say? But oh yeah. He- go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just really wanted to quickly say he seems like the type of guy who we're not going to see this more. You know, this is going to be more than once. 
he seems like he's going to probably do it with other students. Mm, I, I would hope not. I hope he's not a serial. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I hope he's not, I hope a, not a serial romancer. Um, but but yeah. Well, um, I, well, well, one thing to point out that you know the the the, the young lady did mention that she was a graduate student. Um, so, uh, you know, she's not really in the school, but she still can blow up his spot by talking about this stuff. If he doesn't, you know, continue to please her and all this other stuff. So we'll have to see how that uh, situation unfolds. But it, even if for whatever reason, it was a one-time thing and you don't see her anymore. The fact that Carrie was in the room right next door and she heard all this stuff happening that's danger for him right there in terms of his whole job situation. Well, see, I was wondering legally if she was to go against him and say, oh, you had an affair and say even report it. But if the other girl did, refutes it, it doesn't really go anywhere. All she heard was noises. And you yeah. know, she knew what she heard. We know what she heard. But it's easily refutable. Unless you you have to have the um, the willingness of the other girl to step forward to be like yeah let's go get him yeah yeah that's true because she because she because she can't tell from listening whether or not it was a student or not just know that and, he then, was... and then it puts her in a position because he could be like yeah well she did it too so it could easily backfire on her yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, like I, I don't think uh, Carrie would would uh, would would blow up that information. I mean, first of all, like you guys said, she doesn't know for sure it was a student. Uh, it could have been anybody, but um, I don't think she would give it away, especially because she kind of engaged in that activity too. Um, yeah, but but you know, obviously, the fact that she heard it, she's probably upset by that or feels a certain way about it because she. From okay, so if you judge by how they went and they opened the show, mm. remember it was her talking to her friend, and she was like, "Wait, well, girl, you gotta leave him, you know, with your feelings and everything. You're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do." And then you had this situation where the with the other girl and, and him, and she overheard everything, so she's gonna be in her feelings. I feel because for sure, she, for sure, she seems like the type of person because they engaged in some relations. That she thought that there was a chance for them to get back together. And her emotions is all like, oh, I'm a, you know, sensitive and heightened. So she is definitely going to be in her feelings because of this whole situation. And while she may not directly, you know, say, I heard you do this or, you know, I'm upset because of that. She is going to make his job harder for him by not even telling him why she's mad. Oh, yeah. And, and I think she'll use this as motivation to get herself a distraction from him from Jabari I can't see it, and but I can't see it with Tariq. Yeah, with Tariq. Like uh, that's oh, where I was going. Like I cannot <laughs> see it with Tariq. There's uh, no way that she's gonna like well, well he's not even a grad student. Well, I, I don't, grad. Like, let me that be puts her into even more danger. No. I, I don't well, think well, I don't think Tariq will bite the bullet though. I don't think he'll go through with it because he has other things going on. I can't see her even going with him because he's even that. He's an undergrad. Why not get, you know, Mr. Sexy Fancy Pants off of Tinder who has more qualifications than the other guy and flaunt him around? Why are we flaunting around a, what, a 17-year-old? Oh. So, 
So so let, let, let me make this comment. If if there is no uh you know physical activity, there could be a lot of flirtatious things going on between her and Tariq. The, the thing is this they have already they, they have already established that Jabari does not like Tariq. You saw the conversation they had after he got that grade. This guy is constantly on Tariq. And if he knows that this guy is even remotely spending any time with Carrie, even if it's not sexual, then that's going to be a, a cause for jealousy because he doesn't like the kid. He He's not uh, in his corner. So it, there's definitely going to be some tension because they wouldn't have him have that whole argument with Tariq if there isn't going to be some tension between those two moving forward. I, I don't even see it that way. We all have teachers that, you know, are we can't stand, but they're like, well, I'm hard on you for a reason. And it's not even because I hate you. It's because I want you to excel. You are, you know. I don't see it even that way. I can't see him even hating Tariq. I just see him as him just being, you know, uh, a teacher who's just hard on his students and hard on Tariq. Yeah, that like that's kind of how I see it. Sort of like I, I think yeah. he, I think it's tough love in a way, but it's not personal. But I do think he'll cross the line of hating Tariq if he knows that uh, Carrie, you know, starts to develop more of an interest in him. Like I think yeah. that I think that will be the thing that pushes him towards hatred. So, can't even see that. I I can see it. I can't. Tariq, no. There's no hatred there. It's just, you know, I'm being a teacher and this is my job. Yeah, like, I think, like, Jabari's stance at the moment, I think he's like, you know, this is another young black man. I can see that he's smart, but he's not really showing it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, and I want him to kind of, you know, stick up for himself as a black man instead of just folding to the system you know, I think I think this these are the things Jabari's trying to instill in Tariq, so it comes off as you know kind of harsh and everything because he's he's not giving him a good grade or whatever. Um, and yeah, but I think he's more so just trying to teach him a lesson. Um, but I do think that once you know once Carrie is in the mix, um, he he will develop hatred towards Tariq. That that can you know mess up a lot of things, and I'm, I'm interested to see like how this triangle or you know this entanglement is gonna unfold um, entanglement they go that word again <laughs> yeah Th- thank the smiths for, for that word because <laughs> that applies to many things well right? yeah yeah so I, I i agree with all the points that you that y'all both make the only thing i'm saying is that if carrie just cuts off uh, jabari completely 100 percent cuts him off um and, ha- and 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 she is the one that Tariq is confiding in about you know how to do better in school and stuff like that. Just the fact that they are working together, uh, that could I could I could see him feeling a, a certain type of way about that because he's like, well, she cut me off completely, but she's still making time to talk to this kid and help this kid out, which you know I might have an issue with that because I can't get my time with her. So it, it, I mean, it, 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 that that can happen. But again, we have to see. Which path they take. I will say this, and I don't want to go off topic, but I will say I'm, I'm very disappointed that a lot of times in these uh, relationships or whatever, it's always about the guy is the one that's doing all the cheating. Uh, so that that's why I was also disappointed in this scene, but hey, 
we'll have to see what the end game is here, but there's definitely going to be some repercussions for what happened. Do, do you feel attacked that it was a guy that's always cheating? Oh no! I mean, I'm not person. I'm not personally attacked because I, I I have never ever been in a situation where I've ever cheated. But I, I do think uh, it's a little, you know, when you see it in movies and TV shows, the guy is always the one that's out here doing dirty. I don't like that because it's it, it it's not always that situation. And I know plenty of relationships, friends that I've had, women that have cheated on their men. So it definitely goes both ways. It's just unfortunate that they have to emphasize again. It's the guy that's doing the, the doing doing dirty here, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I just have one thing to say about that. What's that? Black men don't cheat. <laughs> that, that 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 definitely that definitely is going to be the biggest joke, the biggest laughing point for this episode that people will be laughing about. But yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. nobody cheats. And, and 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 if he if he cheats, that means he he might be black, but he's not a man. So there you go. Well, uh, that that's a good point. He's definitely not a man. But uh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, good, great points about uh, Jabari. I actually, I kind of like the the, the teacher storylines in this. Like his gang, kind of interesting. Even though it is kind of like you know soap opera drama ish at times, but I kind of do like well, that. There's there's something there to kind of offset you know all the drugs and the street stuff that's that's happening as well. Um, well, well, as I'm sure you will get into later, Gary, the soap op- the soap opera drama, it 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 it, it is all over this show. With with another character that we will get into a little bit later as well. So yeah, they oh, yeah. They, they know how to keep people engaged because all of the cheating and the infidelity uh, that definitely is going to be stuff that will get people talking. <laughs> oh yeah, and while we're still on the school thing, um, you know, shouts to Tariq I guess because he actually finished a book this episode, so <laughs> <laughs> he finished reading. But- so. But he, but, but, but he, but he went after he went after uh, the uh, instructor. Uh, so they said, "No, you, you can't. You need to know your place and play the game." As uh, Lauren said, "Play the so, game." Uh, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think of the? Uh, I forgot the the girl's name again. Like the 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 student girl that that might be a love interest. La- Lauren. Lauren. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just said it. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think of her character? Like, do you think, because uh, it seems like Tariq is developing more feelings for the other girl um, at the moment than, than he is for Lauren. So do you, do you actually I, like, see a future with Lauren in it? Uh, I do. I do see a future with Lauren. Uh, it's going to be a complicated future. But the thing is with Lauren, it, it, the pattern that we have seen with this character so far is that she is starting to feel some sympathy for Tariq. You think about what happened last episode when they were having that discussion in class and she pretty much exposed that he didn't read the material. And then this episode where he shows her the grade that he got and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, Tariq. So obviously she's feeling a little bit of sympathy and compassion for him. And he always says she's she's been wanting to spend time to help him. But he's all like, oh, no, I, I got to go because you saw that in this episode as well. So I think once he actually spends time with her and getting her help for the actual material, that's when that relationship is probably going to really blossom to the next stage. But she is obviously interested in helping him. Uh, and he is also interested to a certain extent. But he, he has so much going on now, he has to make time for that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's going to come a time where I think he's going to need to like call on her for, for help or support or or guidance or something, and that's probably when they'll get even more closer. I think what the writers are doing here is like, you know, they're making it, they're making him develop more with one character, so that when he kind of um, starts to, you know, develop a bond with the other, it's going to be more juicy, you know, than mm-hmm. than if it happens at the same time, I guess. So. So yeah, um, that, that I guess that's kind of what they're doing here. Um, but yeah, like she's. I think, I, go ahead. I think, I think I think Dana was Dana was about to say something. Go ahead, Dana. What was you gonna say? Oh, Dana just sneezed. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! My fault. My fault. Okay. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, continue, Gary. Oh no, that that was it. Uh, Dana, what do you think of Lauren? Like. Um. I'm trying to f- which girl is Lauren. So Lauren is like the uh, she's kind of you know light skin. Um, she's the schoolgirl. Oh, girl. her the schoolgirl. Okay, I'm getting her confused with the drug girl. Okay, so I thought I think that this could be like an inter could be a re- okay. So remember how last episode we were talking about the two different worlds that Tariq is currently in, mm-hmm. which is he could go the straight way or the drug way. Yeah. I feel that. She is a potential to be a love interest as well. That can tap into that, you know, Tariq side of, of, of being an intellect. So I want to see what they're going for with this. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he could be her Angela. We don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just make a quick comment to piggyback off of what Dana just said. I think, the, the you know, if you look at the show as a whole, I think that is how the writing team approach this show from beginning to end not just with those two characters of diana and lauren but also between the brothers as well with uh you'll get into later kane and drew because it's clear that drew is a little bit of a nice cool laid-back type of guy he's trying to be polite about some you know how he goes about doing business whereas his brother is just reckless and it's all these different characters that make different choices and you're saying that well Tariq can be a nice kid that does great or he can be reckless and do whatever he wants to do so i feel like the writers when they made this show they wanted to have a lot of different characters that can go like down a lot of different paths and this is also related to whichever path Tariq is going to go down so yeah yeah that's good that's a good way to approach it but yes continue (laughs) yeah one thing i want to um also say um you, you guys made great points by the way but uh, one thing I, I want to also say before we move on to the next topic, um, I want to see how they're going to, like, whenever they get to that power show that's basically going to be, like, you know, um, go, Ghost, Tommy, and Kanan when they were young and in school and stuff, I want to see how they're going to make that kind of different or, or like, stand out. Because the way, like, the, this show, Ghost, but to like this there's already a lot of parallels to um you know what we know of ghost tommy and kanan's story in the past like because this this is very much like the same thing playing out if you look at it because you have like the white boy who who could be like the tommy um you have Tariq, (laughs) you know who's ghost you have you have lauren is angela you have uh uh what's her name diana who's tasha you have Kane, who's Kanan. Like, you know, it's like you, you already got everyone right here. Like, it's like they're already retelling the story, pretty much. 
You're right. And and the whole point you made about uh, Brayden, you know, the, the friend and Tariq, when they had that little handshake in this episode, oh, yeah, Tommy and Ghost. So you're 100% right, Gary, because that's what I thought about when they had the handshake. It's like, okay, they are really trying to replay this these events over again, just a little bit different and a little bit more updated for uh, the modern, you know, the modern youth. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, like I, I just don't want it to. I don't want it to feel played out when they, whenever they get to doing that actual show of the young ghost or whatever. Like I don't want it to be like a repeat, basically, of what we've well, seen. They, they, they might well as well because we have, like you just said, it's the two, two sh- different shows, but it's gonna have this basically the same parallels. Well, what we're getting now with the little white kid here, and. Um, with Tariq, and it's gonna end up showing, you know, with Kane and, and Tommy and Ghost. So yeah, we're gonna probably just end up, which is why I hope this show goes into a different direction. Well, one one point to make, I, I don't I don't believe that uh, at least I haven't heard that Courtney Kemp has confirmed that Ghost or Tommy is gonna be in that Kanan show. So that is something that we don't know yet if they're gonna go. I think they said you this can't is have mainly them without okay. the show. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, from what I understand, that show was supposed to be just about Kanan. They, they had, there's no confirmation that Ghost and Tommy are going to be in it yet. But like, um, see, see, the thing is with that show, that they can maybe do a, a season of just like Kanan by himself. But eventually, you're going to have to have Tommy and Ghost because they're part of his story. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're right about that. Um, it said, look, no, look, Fifty Cent gave an interview. He gave an interview with, I'm to find out who the interview was with, with the somebody. I can't figure this out. The UK Express, right? That's your people. And he, <laughs> he explained that it would be going into the past of Ghost, Tommy, Angela, and Kane. Kanan. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they're, they're in it. All three at this. Remember when we watched that little prequel clip yeah. that they showed at the end of the first Ghost Tower? Yeah, that's that show. So they're all in it. Oh, See, the, so, so the, the, the only reason why I will say I will wait for that is because they have revealed the casting for the show, and they, and there is no casting for Ghost Tommy or Angela. It's just because they have Omar Epps and all these other characters. That are obviously going to play a role in what happens with Kanan. So maybe, like Gary said, the whole first season can focus just on Kanan, and then the the next season after that, that's when they introduce these characters. But they, I don't think they're going to be in there right from the very beginning. I can't, I can't see them not being in it. Yeah, because so, well, maybe Kanan, like maybe he was at another school or something first, or or maybe he yeah. just didn't go to school or something. I don't know. But um, they, they have they casted um, Ghost. The show. Oh, they casted him. What, yeah, is uh, it? Is it Chris the same? Sumter. Is it the same guy as like we saw in? It's in the same the... guy, Chris Sumter. It's the same guy. He's taking on the role of young Jamie. Okay. Okay. Well, joining him will be Ethan Skowski. I don't know how to pronounce that, but he he's playing Tommy. Carl Gallagher is also in it. No, well, no, he played the role of Carl Gallagher in Shameless, which you would know because you yeah. watched that. Yeah, so that's he, one show. That kid is playing Tommy. 
<laughs> okay. And then we have Camila Perez, who's playing Angie. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how they implement that, but um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Because like, 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 like I'll say, I, I, there's no doubt that as y'all both said, they will eventually have to explain what happens with Kanan. But you, you're not going to bring in the other characters. You have Joey Badass, the rapper, who's also in the show, and they have important roles in the show. So I feel like you need to show how Kanan transforms into the person that he becomes before you get into what happens with these other characters because I, I will I will believe by the time he gets to a certain level of respect that's when Tommy and Ghost are getting involved into it because they're looking at look, looking at Kanan as someone who is a lot more into this than them he's he's a leader so they have to learn you have to figure out about what happens with that character before you evolve into what happens with Jamie and Ghost getting in with Jamie and Tommy getting involved in in all of this other stuff and they cast Kanan yeah yeah. We cast him already. They have the full yeah. cast. Yeah, we we already seen him. Um, <laughs> but so like, Makaya Curtis is is Kanan. Wait, Curtis Jackson? Jackson? No, Makaya Curtis. Oh, I don't. So, I'm, so I might he, be butchering the name. So he has to have Curtis Kanan. in the name, huh? Ha 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 ha. And they have well, his hey. mom and dad. Yeah, everyone's been cast. Well, we'll 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 get all the answers in 2021 when that show. Uh, Debuts. I actually can't wait for that show now. I think that's going to be a great show. Oh, they said first season will have have Tommy and Ghost about their bond. So you can't have one without the other. First season, first episode. Interesting. <laughs> you sounded but, so deflated. He was uh, like, "Oh." <laughs> I think they'll. I think they'll be like, if they're in it, they're going to be like very background characters until later, probably. Because, because yeah, I mean, it, it, that's why I said you. You just have to wait and see. Because if you look on IMBD, there is no casting for these characters. You have to stop relying on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, I, 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 I was saying you can't say that because because he remembers like every single name. So like, we need, <laughs> we need that. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was you I mean, say? I mean, I, I, I mean, they they very well can can be in the show, uh, but I, I think we just have to wait and see. Because again. I think you also need to tell the story of how Kanan became Kanan before you get to what happened with him, Ghost, and uh, and, uh, and Tommy. So it, they they can they have to they, like like you said, like you both said, they're definitely going to have to be a part of this because they are a part of the story and him eventually getting locked up and having to do time. So yeah, they, they're going to eventually get into that. I just don't know if it's going to be. It, it probably won't happen right away because there's other stuff that has to happen first, right. but. We'll see, and and also him being the father of Tariq and Rainy, <laughs> <laughs> not Rainy, the, the other daughter. I can't remember. Rainy. Yeah, Raina. Oh, I was right, Raina. Yeah, I said Rainy. Thought of the actor's name. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. like, um, because because we, we're we're kind of dragging this on, but I I do have oh, one, yeah. I yeah. do have one more question about that show like the raising canaan show so let let's say the raising canaan show goes on goes on for like you know a few seasons like five seasons or whatever like where do you think they the cut off for that show should be like should should it be when canaan goes to prison like goes to jail where where a ghost sets him up or whatever is that where that show should end or is there a point before that you think it should end uh, I, 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 
I think that is a good point of of ending it. Um, if I if I recall when we when we first saw Power, when they introduced the Kanan character, he was already in jail. So I mean, I think it, that's a, a pretty good stopping point for you to end it with him having to go to jail, and then that's when uh, Tommy and Ghost now have to take over this empire that has been started. So that's my guess. I want the last scene of the last episode of the last shot to be Kanan as 50 Cent him going to jail. <laughs> that that would be dope if like the last episode of, of Raising Kanan was like the actual actors like like 50 uh, Omari and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, I always forget. Jo- jo- Joseph Sakura? Yeah, like hey. that, that would be dope if like the, the last episode or something was like those three as you know as the characters and then it, you know, it shows you what happened, what led to him getting locked up and stuff. That would be dope. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. But um, but yeah. So we we kind of uh, we went we went off script. So I apologize. But but that was fun. It was fun to have these discussions. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's get to Tasha and her case, and you know. Uh, Davis McLean and uh, everyone else involved. So, um, a lot happened with but, her case. You know, she was called in, uh, I guess, to you know speak in front of the jury and everything. Um, and we also saw, you know, some scenes of her in the prison where she was, you know, uh, she was she was talking to the lady that she got the pill for, and we see that she's actually being watched and stuff. Um, by Tahada, and we're, we're going to get into that stuff later. <laughs> but um, yeah. but let, let's focus on the case alone uh, at the moment. Um, so you know, she had to speak a few times. One time, she was rushed to the court to speak. Um, you know, uh, and she, you know, uh, she wasn't ready at all. But she made it happen. But it seems like things aren't going in her favor at the moment um and obviously she's still lying about certain things and that's the problem they know that she's you know i mean davis uh mclean knows that she's uh not telling the whole truth and i guess the other (laughs) the other lady who's involved knows that she's lying like not telling the truth too um and this is kind of um you know it's kind of impacting the course of her case and everything because uh, there's only so far, I guess you can go. If you're if if every if your defense is based on lies, then you know there's that sometimes there's only so far you can go. You know, um, with that lie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you guys: Do you think that Tasha is eventually going to have no choice but to tell the truth or about everything, like fully confess about everything that she did, um, and you know everything that Ghost didn't do? Because, um, I mean, of course, in this episode, uh, Terry Silver came up a lot, and we know that <laughs> we know that <laughs> we know that Ghost actually did do that. You know, he he did kill him, but there's a lot of things Ghost didn't do, and a lot of things that Tasha had, you know, a, like a part of, like she she was involved in, you know, that crime family, pretty much. You know, she she was actively involved. And she killed Lakeisha, so I mean, you know, her hands are dirty. So I want to ask you guys: like, is there going to be a point that comes up where she is going to have to just tell the truth? Um, do you think that she'll even tell the truth about Tariq when that happens? 
Um, and, you know, just let, let me know any other thoughts you have about how this case is playing out, you know, because we saw the other uh, lawyer come back too, like the, uh, I always forget her name too, the, uh, you know, the one who was... Tamika. The, Tamika, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that was the funny. That was the funniest part of that entire, uh, that entire, this entire episode. Her going in on Tasha, grilling <laughs> Tasha. Yeah, um, you know. and 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 if Tasha is you know folding to Tamika, how is she going to perform when it's a full you know a full court courtroom and everything with everyone there? You know, so. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Rich. Like, what do you think? Like, is she going to have to just tell the truth eventually? So, uh, for, first and foremost, let me just say this. I, I want to give a quick shout-out to Angelwood because she had a comment last week where she says, I will refuse to call or to, to, to refer to Method Man as Davis McLean. It's Method Man. <laughs> so, I, I thought that was a funny comment because, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly how a lot of people feel. Um, but to answer the question in particular, uh, I believe that if I my, – my prediction is that Tasha – they, you know, I, I think that eventually Davis McLean is going to succeed in making sure that she gets off as far as not killing, not you know, being the one who didn't kill Jamie. But I think ultimately Tasha is going to co- to confess to killing Lakeisha because I think about in the very first episode when they showed all the photos of the people that they they said they ghost killed, and she, you know, she paused for a second when she saw the Lakeisha. Uh, photo and i feel like the character does have to pay for that at the very least you know you can say that yes she didn't kill ghosts whatever but i feel like that right there is is a situation that you absolutely cannot ignore and we also saw when they had the mock trial and when she failed in front of uh tamika that after that when you know method man was going to give up on the case but then he brings up the fact that this case is about the cooper sacks so I do feel that that means that Cooper Sachs is definitely going to get exposed because, again, it still hasn't been explained why was he there the night that Jamie got killed. Eventually, they're going to get to that point because it, it definitely, you know, Method Man's character, Davis McLean, he uh, acknowledges that Cooper Sachs is trying to hide something. But he is involved in all of this because the same when they also exposed and they revealed that, yes, Tamika was the one working with Sachs. So it feels like that's going to come to a head at some point. The question I think a lot of people should be asking is, you know, Tamika obviously does not want to work with Davis McLean, even though he knows that she is was dealing with Cooper Sacks. I want to know if Cooper Sacks is going to mess up his relationship with Tamika to the point where she also turns against him, because we know that Cooper Sacks has had a lot of people turn against him. He also has had Blanca turn against him as well. So I feel like it's only a matter of time. And once he does that, that's it for Cooper Sachs's character. That that's the game is over. He could be doing jail time or, you know, something else happens to him. But that's a question that we definitely should be asking. But in terms of this whole case situation, yes, the dramatics of seeing what happens to Tasha, that was that happened because they want to get people, you know, obviously they're very interested in seeing what happens with the case. So they wanted to address that as soon as possible because again this is all a practice run before we actually get to the actual trial and the fact that they had this mock trial which they have mentioned is a very expensive thing to do that's going to put more pressure on Tariq to get this money so he can continue to keep this thing going with the lawyer so yeah but but for what I see so far Tasha has lied consistently 
So this is going to continue to be an issue. But I do think eventually she is going to confess, yes, I did kill Lakeisha. And there's going to be some type of repercussions from that. But in terms of her getting off, I don't I don't believe that now. I, I know we had the bet last week. I, I, I must say now, I don't believe that Tasha is going to be in any way get out of prison by the end of this season. And, and I would go so far as to say if she does confess that she killed Lakeisha, well, she's definitely going to still be doing some time. I don't think it's going to be life. But she's definitely going to still be doing to be doing some time. But we'll have to see how that all pans out. Yeah, yeah, you make good points. Um, and just to add to that, like, I I think um, Cooper Sacks is is going to be the sacrificial lamb of this season. Um, he is going <laughs> <laughs> like he 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 is going to fall at some point. I think like this season, he's going to fall. He's going to be exposed. Um, but the question is whether Tasha is going to also fall with him or if she's going to be released at his expense. Um, so I want to see how they play that card because because uh, I, I do feel like that is something that's coming. And, you know, us viewers, we need our satisfaction and we, we've hated sex for a very long time. So mm -hmm. we, we have to at least see him fall, you know, for, for everything he did in power. So. Well, you know, I, I agree, and this goes back to what both you and Dana said, and when we recorded the first episode, why the hell wasn't Sax brought up at all, and when they when this whole thing started, and and it's because they want to prolong this out over a season for you to finally get the answer at the very end of the season. So that's because there's no reason to bring Tommy into this. Although I will once again say I will not be surprised if Tommy shows up at the end of the season. You know, the final shot of the season, you see Tommy, you know, now he needs to go after, uh, you know, Tasha or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, this they should have addressed that question a long time ago. But, again, they want to keep you watching. They want to keep you entertained. So they're not going to give you all the answers right at the very beginning of the season. But by the end of the season, I definitely expect that answer to be uh, for us to get the answer on Sacks regarding that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dana, what would you think about, um, you know, Tasha's situation? Do you think that she's going to be forced to tell the truth at some point and also give your thoughts about anything else related to the case itself? I think the biggest question is, would anybody care? She's lied so much that she's <laughs> damaged her own um, credibility. So she could literally, you know, say, I killed everyone. And it just wouldn't have that any kind of impact because no one believes her anyway with anything. So her, you know, trying to say, oh, I killed that man, but I didn't kill that one. That was Ghost over there. And her still, remember, she still kept bringing up Tommy's name in this episode. So I just don't, you know, they made a big thing. She's not credible. She is easily, you can poke holes to her story. And the point is to get the jury to believe you wholeheartedly and she I just don't feel that yeah she I just think that it's going to backfire on her and she may end up taking the fall for all of the murders even if she says I can give you this guy but I didn't do that guy or try to have some type of bargaining system it's not going to work because she's lied so many times to the point where it's just ridiculous in regards to Sax, Sax yeah, he has to go we all know that um, whether or not they take, you know, 
three seasons or one season to get there that's the thing that we don't know but he's I hope eventually he will have his downfall and I don't really see him as being a type of person who's gonna um you know go to he ends up being arrested he may end up end up killing himself I don't know but I just everything in regards to Tasha she's just lied so much to the point where I'm cool if Tommy comes in right now and just you know bops her in prison takes her out goes on back to California well I mean at this point you know anything could happen to Tasha in prison so I mean it doesn't uh-huh. have to come from Tommy so um, Tommy but- could he could pull Omar come in like the wheelchair He's like he's an old lady coming to see Tasha, <laughs> ah, and then you know pulls out the gun and shoots her. It just—it's <laughs> just so ridiculous how she keeps putting his name in it, and it's no. Yeah, to me, like that makes her character very irredeemable for me. Like, cause, she was redeemable. I mean, like, it was I a mean, point when she was, but not anymore. Yeah, exactly. There was a point where she was, but like now it's like. I, I hate her as much as I hated Tariq in the last, uh, you know, show and everything. Because it's like, Ow. she's playing very dirty. Like, it's like, she, like, okay, fair enough. Her and Ghost had their problems in their relationship. You know, Ghost uh, slept with Angela. Like, he, he chose Angela, basically. Um, and I understand that she's scorned because of that. And she's probably, you know, deeply hurt by that. But throughout, oh, yeah. throughout, throughout power... We saw that Tasha had, you know, a, her own kind of friendship with Tommy. Like, they had, like, their own little friendship where, you know, if she needed, uh, you know, to smoke or something, she would go see him. They would hang out in the car or whatever, and, and he would do vice versa. He would go to her, you know, eat some food or whatever, um, and, you know, just kind of feel, feel good about himself again. And now it's like she's just dumping everything on him like she's dumping all of the blame on him and it's like weren't you guys friends and you also on top of that you killed his fiance it's like (laughs) why why are you dumping everything on tommy what did he do to you like so so yeah i I can't i i just can't get with anything that tasha is doing at the moment i i think it's foul and dirty Um, (laughs) no i you know i i you know, I I, I, I I personally think that even if for whatever reason the character does end up getting out of prison, I don't think that that character is going to be around for too much longer after that. Because, again, she's, she's wrapped up in too many things. You know, you, you're speaking bad about Tommy, but now we also know that as you'll get into a, in a little while, that uh, she also is connected to what's happening with Tariq. So I kind of feel like there's a lot of things that character is in some is in some danger so we'll have to see how they're going to tell the story of how she's going to navigate through this but i feel like even if she does get out she's on borrowed time um because somebody is going to come after her it's only a matter of time but we'll have to see who it actually is going to end up being yeah. and it wouldn't make sense for it to be tommy quite honestly since she killed his woman so but we'll see oh yeah it- <laughs> Tommy has every right to do something to her, but you know what I want to see also? What's that? I want to see Tasha get out of prison, and then I want to see Monet whoop her ass for some reason. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't care what the reason is. 
Speaking of that, isn't that how they did? Remember how the guy, I can't remember, one of Dre's associates, the the funny guy with the glasses, and he got out of prison and he was all like happy and eating a hot dog. Oh, yeah. And then they just killed him right there in the street. They could do that to Tasha. I would appreciate that. (laughs) You're talking about Spanky. Spanky! Yeah, Yeah, Spanky. Yeah, I mean, something's, I I think she's going to get hurt somehow. So. Uh, but let's segue right into that, right? Because because uh, I do want to talk about Monet. There's a lot to kind of dissect with her in this episode. But um, first of all, let's get to you know the prison stuff with Tahada and everything. Um, so you know we see that somebody is actually watching Tasha, and I guess he's the guy who is responsible for giving her the burner phone and the the pill that she asked for and everything. Um, and you know he's going back to report to Tahada on, you know, the male side of the prison or whatever. Um, so it seems like, you know, they're keeping close tabs on her. Um, and, you know, obviously this is going to come into play with what we see, you know, um, developing with Tariq and Monet and everything. Uh, it's going to be a means of control. But um, do you like, what would you guys think of that, first of all? And also, do you think that Tasha also has to worry about that prison guard? Because it seems like there might be some tension there. Because I guess that prison guard uh, is she? They they are lesbians, right? She does does she like that other chick or something? And I don't want to like I I don't want to get this uh, you know make a mistake. I mean, I, I that 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 certainly could have been implied. Uh, I I don't know if it's been outright confirmed. But uh, it, it definitely was implied the way she was looking at Tasha's interactions with her. Mm-hmm. So um, we, 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 we can assume that that is a possibility because, you know, she was very angry when the lady told her she needed that morning after pill like she might be pregnant. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, but there's a lot of questions still about that. So we'll have to see about that. But, um, yeah, it, it, it certainly is implied. I will say that much. What do you think of that, Dana? Like, is there something going on there with the prison guard and... Uh... You know, I honestly lady. was I was so confused at that point <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't think I should assume I don't know what's going on Cause the whole I don't Because what happened with threw me was Remember she never took the pill Right So I don't understand That whole subplot I'm just confused Yeah I, I don't I mean, know what's going on I, I mean, I mean, we, we we know that Tasha is trying to work with this lady, so because you know it's good to have friends in this type of right. environment. So we that that they established that, but yeah, they they do need to confirm more details about what's going on with that guard in her. So right, but I just didn't understand why she didn't take the pill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, still some, stuck on the pill. Some funny's going on there because it's like you know just just the way they. Um, focus on that prison guard like there's something going on I, I don't know what it is but but yeah uh, maybe the commenters will help us out with that because you know uh, they they always do so but yeah like what would you guys think of uh, Tahada you know and, and uh, him keeping tabs on her and, and things like that and uh, how Tahada rolls him in prison because it, it seems like you know he's he's set up really well it seems like he's still able to run things and everything like that. So, uh, you guys got any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Rich. Well, it, it appears to me that you know, there's there's obviously a, a, a power struggle 
because uh, Lorenzo Tahada, he wants uh, the family to be business to be run a certain way. And there's issues between him and his wife. Uh, the thing that uh, obviously when I mentioned earlier in this in this this podcast, they really like to really play up the whole dramatics of uh, the cheating and the infidelity. We know that Monet has been sleeping around with this other officer. So I don't really know if Lorenzo uh, knows about that yet, but I could only assume there's going to be a fallout when he finds out because in this same episode, she slept with him also. So uh, it's that, that that's 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 a bit trifling. So I guess that is another thing when when they made the comment that, uh, yes, Mary J. Blige is playing a ghost character because ghost also was cheating. So uh, that's uh, another comparison, I guess you can make for those two characters. But uh to answer the question, um, they are keeping tabs on on Tasha. You saw at the end of the episode how uh, he called Tasha on that same phone and said, you need to tell Tariq to do everything that we say, otherwise we will kill him. So um, that works two ways because if Tariq, you know, that, that's the one thing that I, I really don't think, that, I mean, they have implied it, but they haven't outright said it. They know that Tariq cares about his mother. So they also can threaten Tariq if he messes up and say, well, we know where your mom is at, we will kill her. And that's that's a two-way thing there. That's why I say it's a dangerous path that they're going down. Uh, Tariq is with dealing with them because either way, it's, it, it's they can get to him and they can get to her. So it's a very dangerous situation to be involved in. But um, I will say that in terms of how he is running things right now, he can only do so much from being inside. He can only tell her... You know, Monet, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. But again, she still wanted to do things her own way. So it's a power struggle and it makes things uncomfortable for the actual kids because they're right in the middle of all of it. So um, we'll have to see how that goes. But obviously, it's going to be a lot of issues with that. And that's what I think they wanted to establish with this episode to show that there's a, a, there is a very conflicting situation with that whole family. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and this is exactly what we were saying last week. Like, you know, um, like when I was saying, like, I can't wait to see what the interactions are like between Monet and um, Lorenzo. Um, like, this is it. You know, we saw that there is actually a power struggle going on between those two uh, because Monet wants things to run one way and he wants things to run another. And of course, he is not around to actually enforce anything. So Monet is going to do what she wants. And one of the questions I, I wanted to really ask, like, and this is like, uh, like the biggest question, like, um, do you think that, you know, Monet is a bit of an evil dictator? Cause it's like, she, uh, she's very controlling with her kids and, and everyone, it seems. It's like, she's not even letting the girl go to college and, and get an education. And that's an actual positive thing to do. You know, it's like, why do you want these people to be, you know, why do you want their whole lives to be criminal? You know, it's like, what is, is she a dictator? Like, what do you guys think? I, I would love to answer that question, but go to Dana first, because what I got to say, it's, it's going to be a little bit uh, complicated. Well, he's, he's so. going to drop a bombshell. Okay, <laughs> okay well, Dana, what do you think of that? You're muted, by the way, I think, because we can't hear you. I'm muted, sorry. Okay. Um, in regards to Monet's character... Oh. 
everything okay over there? Okay, there was some... Sorry. Oh, yep, okay. sorry. You good? Okay, in regards... Yeah, I'm good. It was the oven. Um, in regards to Monet's character, um, I don't understand what they are trying to do with her. In the sense of... If she's trying to build this whole drug empire, is she trying to keep it all in the family? Because why would she discourage the kids from, you know, going to college and getting this scholarship and, you know, living their best life? Um, especially now when it's like 2020. And the fact is nobody is struggling in the sense of finances. So I really don't understand the motive behind her being so adamant everyone partake in the drug lane. Um it just kind of feels like this is all she has, maybe, and she's using this as some sort of desperation. But the thing also is it doesn't feel like it's an intimate threat to her livelihood, like someone is about to find out or the cops are closing in. So I'm just really confused by her actions and her motives in regards to the kids having to partake in like this drug life thing. I don't know if she will retaliate if, say, they ran away and was like, I'm going to go and, you know, live my own life. Maybe she would retaliate, but it just seems to be very narrow-minded. So I'm just really confused by what they're trying to do with her. Because even Ghost, you know, he tried to keep that separate from the kids, and he pushed for that education. Exactly. Just to re- you know, was just adamant on being where he's at now, a drug dealer. So I, I just don't understand her motives. And there are people who are like that, who are like, no, you're not going to go to college. You're going to do this and partake, you know, still stay in that drug life. There are people who are like that, but it's still confusing to me. Yeah, very confusing. But um, Rich, how about you? What What did you have to say about this? That let me start by saying that's an excellent comparison that Dana made from how Ghost treated his family to how Monet is treating hers. That is a hundred percent excellent analysis. So I have to give you props for that. Um, so to answer the question, <laughs> to answer the question, um, I personally think that in the writers are going to have to find a way to really explain this. There isn't really an explanation of why she wants to. Why why she wants them to be involved so heavily. And I think this goes a little bit deeper. And obviously you can make the, the comment that she's trying to step out of the shadows of Lorenzo and prove that she can run things. And that's that's what you say. It's a thirst for power. And, and, and once they see that they have control, they want to keep control. But I think it needs to be a little bit more than that. Because as, as you both said, there's no signs the family is struggling. So as a viewer, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, what is the obsession with wanting them to, the kids, to also be continue this thing going strong? Um, and and that's what I think they need to answer. Like if I, I could understand if there was a debt that had they had to repay to somebody who they were dealing with before, and they need to pay that debt, and that's why she's keeping this thing going so that they can keep paying that debt and stay out of trouble. That right there is a valid explanation as to why she wants them to continuously do all this work to keep thing to keep this uh, legacy going on. But I feel the writers need to explain that better than 
it just being, well, I need to now take over control because my, my, my husband is no longer able to do what he needs to do. He's on the inside. He can't do everything. I need to prove that I'm the one that can take this over. I don't really care what he says. Um, that's why I said, whenever Lorenzo finds out that she has been sleeping around with this other guy, that 100% is going to be a big falling out. And I want to see how they tell that story. But from now, as a viewer, I as I had mentioned last week, I want to see the Mary J. Blige character of Monet. We need to see a character that is, you know, takes control, is in charge. We got that sense of that already. And what you said, Gary, about her being a dictator, that makes sense. But again, there has to be a reason explained as to why she has that mindset. And it cannot be just, well, now I, I'm in control. I need to take over. There has to be a motivation behind that also. Not just that. So I so I hope that they're going to dive into that a little bit further. Um, because, yeah, this whole episode, I look at the character. It's just like, this is just a parent that is just up in, up in everything that her kids d- does. And, and, and this this is a character that if I'm looking at on the outside, I'm like, I want something to happen to this character because... She is trying to dictate and ruin and ruin their lives just to keep the business going. There has to be a more a better explanation for that. So I'm hoping that they're going to eventually explain all of this over the rest of the season. Because right now, after watching this episode, I'm not really too fond of, of that character now. It's like I'm like, this is an annoying character that wants to take control of whatever her kids does. And I don't like any parent that is controlling in that sense. Because the kids should have a right to do what they want to do also. But continue. And it was also kind of really weird. Remember the burner phone scene? When she was looking for the burner? And she called it the family burner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what century is this woman from? But they had the family burner phone. And um, also it was the fact that she, she was speaking to her father without her permission and that really upset at her mm-hmm. so i would like to know the relationship between you know the girl and her father and in the father with mary j blige it felt like it was some kind of paranoia thing that was going on so yeah. I, I don't understand with that that could be an interesting you know, the, the thing to dissect and for them to explain, but I just, I don't understand. It felt like it was, it felt like Mary was from another time period and they, they just dropped her into 2020. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 I get, and you know, I, I get the character being fed up because yeah, your husband, husband is locked up and, and now there's all these things that, I have to take care of because he's not there. But see, they didn't explain it in that context yet. If they give context as to why she feels she has to take over, like I said, if it's a debt that they owe to someone who may potentially become an enemy and they have to keep the business going to pay that debt, I totally understand if that's what it is. But you have to explain from a writing standpoint. And like I said, I will give them time to explain it because, again, we only just got introduced to this dynamic, this episode, so I guess you have to give it some time to, to see how the story unfolds, to really understand why the power struggle is there. But they definitely have to explain that, because after watching this episode, if you look at Monet as a character, you're like, this is just a controlling parent that wants to dictate the lives of her kids. She doesn't want them to seek anything outside the family business, 
And that is someone that I can't root for because it's there has to be it just has to be more to the character than just that being that type of person. So mm-hmm. we have to see how they explain that, but they definitely have a lot to explain with that. Yeah, you, you both are. Uh... You're both absolutely right. You both make great points, um, and I agree. With Do you think she's biologically their mother? Well, that's uh, a that's a that that is a great question because um, that's what I was wondering. Because she got to the point where it's like, oh, like that paranoia. Like, did you kidnap these kids or something? That's what's okay. Hold hold that thought a sec. Let me uh, uh, let me let me get to the other thing. Right? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to to that in a sec, but. Um, so yeah, you guys made great points and like, I'm looking at it like this. It's like, there, there's two types of like drug dealer, right? Or drug kingpin, whatever label you want to put on it. Um, like there's the type who, you know, they begin to get into the drug life or, you know, selling drugs and everything because they literally have nothing. Like it's a, it's a, an economical thing. Like their back is against the wall there's no opportunities in the neighborhood um and you know they they just don't have anything they come from nothing right and then there's this drug economy on the streets so they decide to go down that path and sell drugs and then they they come up they elevate themselves they they've got money all of a sudden and you know they keep climbing that ladder in the criminal underworld but ultimately their motive is to better their lives and their situation and the people around them so their family too like they want better for for themselves and the people around them so you know let's say they get to the point of jamie st patrick where you know they they own a penthouse you know club all this stuff um and they've built that from you know the drug life and everything but because they're they're you know their focus getting into the drug game was to better their lives and the people around them they, you know, they have their children now and everything, and they say, you know what, I don't want this for you. Like, I don't want this drug life for you. So, I'm going to give you the opportunities I didn't have. So, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to the best school and everything like that. You're going to get, you know, a job, I'm going to make a business for you, I'm going to give you some stocks or whatever. Like, you know, there's that type of drug dealer, right? And then there's another one who is just kind of in it just to be in it. And um, they they're just in it because it's something I I guess they can control. It makes them, you know, um, feel like they're a part of something. And even though they've got to the point where they have opportunities to do other things, you know, they could start a nightclub. They could, you know, um, you know, start any other type of business they want because they've got so much money from it. They still choose to just sell drugs, and that kind of person. Um, and you know it is controlling to the point that they want everyone around them to be in the life as well um, and that is what Mary J Blige is but I feel like to be that type of person it has to be something very deep seated like there's some deep seated psychological stuff that makes you wired that way um, so you know in the case of Monet there is something from her past that is is making her like this um and like you guys said you know we need to see that otherwise this is a very kind of shallow role um if we you know if they 
if, if they don't take the time to explain why she's so controlling like this, that is a very shallow role, and I, I feel like they will ruin that character, because there is no reason for her to just be that controlling over her kids, to deny them going to college and bettering themselves and getting good a good education, you know, more smarts, more intelligence, and all these other things, like, you know, um, and that brings me to what Dana said, right, because, because, you know, you were, if, if these were your kids, if, if these are your kids and you're the mother, they came out of your body, you should want the best for them, and what you're doing isn't the best thing for them, and you have, you, you have the opportunity to do better for them, so why aren't you doing better for them, right, so, um, that's why what Dana said is a good question, because it's like, are these even your kids, because it's like, you know, if they are, you should want better for them than to be in this life. So, so yeah. Or, or even if you adopt them, motherhood comes in all. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it, it's that deep because it it would be really weird if they weren't her kids at this point. Um, the fact that they've set up the show like this, I feel like they probably are her kids, but. They yeah they just need to show us why she's like this like there has to be a reason they have to kind of dig into the past obviously they're setting up some kind of conflict between her and her husband so while they're doing that we need to kind of see what caused this you know caused this in the first place because there's there's got to be something behind that and if there isn't then that's bad writing and it's a bad character and I don't want it to be I- a bad character because. So far, she's kind of, you know, the the past two episodes, she was very mystique and everything. Um, and that made me drawn to the character. That made me interested in the character. But, you know, now that we've seen her be this way, I want there to be, like, a, a really deep reason for it. Um, so what was you going to say, Rich? Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say I agree 100% with that. There has to be a reason. And like I mentioned earlier, it can't just be... Well, now I'm in control and I want to take over this operation. It has to be a, a much better explanation as to why she is this way. So hopefully they are going to explain that. Yeah, exactly. And her kids. You know, it, if, if it's not her kids, that really, that, that kind of, that takes away from the Someone. whole thing. Because, cause, you know, you got the whole thing with Tariq, try, Tariq trying to date Diana and stuff like it, if it's not really her kids, it kind of takes away from all of this. Like it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't seem as, you know, I've, impactful if if they're not her kids. I've watched enough Lifetime movies. The way how she reacted with the phone doesn't make any sense. I, I could maybe see like maybe one of it, them is maybe like one. One of them kids is not her kids. Yeah, I can see one of them. Maybe one of them isn't, you know, but... I mean, just just, just to piggyback off of what was said, I I would not... Based on... It it appears to me she has a very deep interaction with Kane. That could could be her her, her son from a a previous uh, engagement, you know... And then, and then Drew and Diana could be her biological kids. Uh, that's just a guess, but because, because again, you notice that Lorenzo, uh, 
when he said that y'all need to talk to these these people, he said Kane cannot be there. Yeah, you know he wants Drew to learn how to do this stuff growing up, but it it, it could be a situation where you know Kane could be Monet's uh, son from a previous marriage or whatever, um, and that's why she has they, they both. It, it would it would explain why Kane is so aggressive, and yet it, the other two are not. And it will also explain why Monet was aggressive. I mean, because she is very much like her son. But that's just my opinion. But again, we'll have to wait and see because they, they definitely have a lot to explain. We've only just uh, got to know these characters for three episodes. So there's a lot more they got to explain, especially with Monet and why she reacted the way she did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I hope they do a good job of this, like, because, you know. Yeah, go ahead, Jane. Kidnapping kids. <laughs> I still say she kidnapped one of, one of those kids and not her kids. She kidnapped something. You got one of the kids nefariously. Well, maybe she just has like daddy issues or something. Maybe she she didn't have a good childhood or a good relationship with her parents or something, and I don't know. Like that affects how you know she treats her children. Maybe so. It could be something like that. Like. Maybe. Or, or, or you know, it, it, it maybe could be that a lot of people have used her all all their life. They take advantage of her, mm-hmm. so now this is her getting back, you know, and acting the way she is, just at, just based off of reactionary to how she was treated in the past. But yeah, like you said, we'll see. But no, go ahead, Dana, you because you was you were making a point. So then, if that is the case, then you, do you view it as? You're not going to leave me because everyone else did. Yeah. Is that why she's so controlling? That could be it. Like I, I've, you know, I've been around people like that before who have, um, you know, uh, they have like kind of a, uh, what do you call it, like a, a phobia, if you will, about people leaving them. So like it's so like they try to mm-hmm. control people and and make sure that they're always around them and and kind of doing what they want or whatever. So I I've been around people like that before. It's like you know an emotionally abusive kind of toxic environment, but um but it's because that person kind of has you know some deep inner um you know problems that they need to work out, uh, and and maybe they've been psychologically impacted by people. Uh, you know being around them and then leaving abandoning them or whatever so maybe you know that that's what she's going through she she wants to make sure her kids are always around her and involved in what she's doing um, and the thought of them going away to college is just kind of you know it, she just worried about that I guess like so so maybe that's what it is um, but I just I just hope that they they show that somehow and don't just make it like oh she's a controlling drug dealer woman like I, I don't want it to just be that you know like show us wh- like who she really is and why she's this way so. um, but yeah so so let's uh, get to like the children right because we we see that scene with Drew and uh, Kane you know and obviously Drew is kind of more of a talker he's like He's a more calm kind of person who tries to talk to people and everything like that, right? And Kane is more hot-headed and, you know, he, he wants to, uh, he wants to, you know, um, 
he wants to get in the mix of the action like he he's very uh physical and everything like that like he wants to bust his gun and everything so there's two contrasting personalities with those two and drew tries to take like the more civil approach of just talking to that person because uh, they want to get them to tone down and stop sharing stuff on social media and everything by the way that guy is basically like takashi 69 like he's pretty much like that guy <laughs> so uh <laughs> but yeah like what do you think of that dynamic between those brothers um and do you think that this is going to kind of stir up some more drama in the future go ahead dana We've seen it before, so it's not exactly original. Um, but yes, it's going to end up fall between. It's going to be like fallout between the two brothers because they're so vastly different in how they handle things, especially when it came to that other uh, drug dealer group. And the guy went and shot up the place, or at least shot the ceiling of the place. Um, so he can end up causing a lot more trouble for the quieter one. So I do see there being some type of maybe a standoff between the two of them and then Mary having to get involved. Uh, can I just make a comment real fast before I give my point? I think it's uh, ridiculously, uh, you know, you talk about the writing and obviously you don't want to criticize the writing. Uh, but I think it's ridiculously unrealistic that the police will show up that fast. Uh, to that area because the shots happen this is like literally minutes and you just so happen the police just so happen to be oh hey get them that that fast the guys just walk out the door that's them get them yeah. that's a little that's a little unreal unrealistic well, yes. that that guy did say but though, it um, depends the, on the cop said the uh you know the cop that Monet's sleeping with he said that because those guys posted stuff on social media they were already watching them uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that, okay, all right, yes, that makes sense, that's a good explanation, okay, so forget that, commenters who get angry, just ignore that I said that, um, so, uh, to continue to, what, what, to make my point on this whole thing, I, I do agree with Dana, it, it is a bit cliche, because we have seen this, but what, what I, what I see is going to end up happening, is that, you know, Drew is the, the kind that is very hesitant, he takes his time, and and uh, and he keeps getting ragged on from his brother from not acting quickly. So my guess is that Drew, it is going to come a point where Drew is going to act react very quickly to a situation, and it's not going to end in 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 a positive way. Whether it is they kill someone, you know, immediately, or you know something happens where he just goes off on somebody, it is that is going to happen, and it's not going to end in a positive way because they could lead to somebody getting killed. One of those characters in particular. Although I don't think the Kane character is going anywhere, but I can definitely see the Drew character, you know, eventually getting taken out. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But because he is a character that is hesitant, or as some would consider a little bit too nice and too uh, patient with other people, it is going to happen at some point. Because, you know, even after they had that whole interaction in this episode, he was mad at his brother. He was saying, why, you know, why, why would you just let me do what I'm doing? Eventually, he is going to eventually get that moment. They introduced that for a reason. So he is going to come a point in time where he is going to get angry and do something. And that will end up being some very dire consequences that come as a result of that. Yeah. Yep. 
I agree. I keep thinking of the whole. Remember, remember New Jack City, the I, Am I Your Brother's Keeper? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's is, this is what I just see playing out in my head. They're gonna, you know, have to kill him. And, yes, I am. That kind of thing. And, and and that cop that uh, you saw how Kane was was ready to shoot that that officer that was coming bef- before the cop made the call and said hey hey try to get him away from that area. So the Kane character character is very reckless and unpredictable, uh, and they they've shown you that all pretty much with the last three episodes. So um, we'll see what happens with that whole dynamic. But I, I do feel like that officer that Monet is sleeping around with. That character is is not going. To, I don't think that character will be here by the end of the season because something will happen with him when he gets into some type of squabble with Kane or whatever. It, it's going to happen. And then he, even again, if Lorenzo finds out about him messing with his wife, it's a wrap for him anyway. So, and then once that character is taken out of the picture, they no longer have protection because that that uh, that officer is only around to make sure that things are going so smoothly. You saw he had the conversation with Monet saying, you need to stop business. You need to slow down. And she refuses to listen to what he is saying. So once that character is taken out, that family is going to become even more exposed and even more in a dangerous situation because they will have no one that can actually protect them that works for the actual police. So that's coming for sure because we got signs of that in this episode. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a fact. Like, uh, I agree. I don't see that guy lasting uh, to the end of the season. And, like, what I can see playing out in my mind is somehow Lorenzo might find out about the relationship with the cop. And Mm -hmm. um, he might actually tell Kane to pull the trigger or something. And And then Kane, he, like, maybe Monet will be there. And, like, he has to decide whether he's going to listen to... Lorenzo or you know his mother or whatever so you see that G- G- Gary absolutely should be a writer for the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could see that happening Gary knows 100%. everything <laughs> yeah. oh yeah Dana's already seen it so she can tell us you know that happens but, but I can't none. tell you anything I've seen nothing I don't know what you're talking about what <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm joking she hasn't but she has um yeah, so I mean that, that that's an interesting dynamic uh, with Kane and, and and the brother and everything. Um, so let's talk about you know um, I guess this will kind of lead us into Tariq and him finally kind of making you know a deal with Monet for them to work together. So we see you know obviously Diana and uh, and Monet they they're going to attend uh, Zeke's basketball game and everything. And um, it seems like Tariq and Diana have been texting back and forth And they're kind of, you know, their interest in each other is kind of growing um, And that's another thing where Monet is kind of uh, dictating a little Because she's trying to keep her away from, you know, Tariq it seems like um, And she, she says subtle things She doesn't, you know, say it directly But, you know, she kind of um, says subtle things to let her know that, you know she wants her to stay away from Tariq and, and, and you know, vice versa. So, um, of course, we end up seeing that, you know, um, Zeke is actually kind of, uh, he's in danger of doing, you know, bad in school and getting bad grades and everything. And Tariq can't keep up 
with you know doing his own papers and Zeke's papers um, and Zeke really wants to play basketball um, and he can't unless he gets good grades so there's a point where you know um, uh, Zeke has to do better in school and Monet knows this and then you know finally the two talk to each other and um, you know Tariq he um, he seems very intelligent this this season, and he's able to kind of broker a deal between them, and an understanding that they will work work together. Uh, but Tariq has to kind of you know he has to not live with Zeke. He has to kind of keep his distance, and it's basically business only. So um, you know I want to ask you guys, what do you think now that they're officially linked to each other? They're actually working together. There is actually kind of a syndicate now forming, like a you know, it, the Tariq's plan is basically coming into motion like now, and he's you know he's soon enough he'll have the money to support his mother's case and everything like that. So, what do you guys think of this finally kind of developing and coming together? And do you think it's going to go up from here or down from here? So, uh, you first, Dana. What would you what do you think of how that played out and where it's going? normally I would be really happy and feel like oh he finally has his connect and everything is kind of going his way but now I'm not for the simple fact that I'm convinced Mary's character is crazy and as we saw very controlling and now I'm actually scared for Tariq um, I feel that this is going to backfire you ever heard of the thing that the terminology um, be careful what you wish for mm-hmm and so I feel that this is where the whole this is where the whole downfall of what is going to start out as a good relationship is going to end up being. She, I feel, is going to be very controlling. Remember, we going back with the phone call that we had with the guy who was like, you know, well, we can kill your son. It's going to be very controlling, and she's going to play a lot of um, mind games with Tariq. She's going to play a lot of mind games with Tasha, where Tasha could think that she's being set up and is going to be, you know, killed and it's going to end up driving her insane as well. And a Tariq not knowing what's really going on behind the scenes and not knowing what's going on with his mother because I don't feel that Tasha's going to be out saying, you know, she's threatening our lives. You have to go and take her out. At least not in the very early stages. I feel that um, he's going to not be in the know in regards to what's really going on. And it's going to be a lot of manipulation that's happening. I do feel that she's going to try maybe to turn Tariq against his mother, but that all depends on how strong the bond is with Tariq and his mother, which I think at this moment is very strong. We don't know what could happen later on in the future, but at this moment that I don't think would be the smartest tactic which is why it is easier for them to go after um, with uh, Tasha and saying, oh, we'll kill Tariq because she's in a more vulnerable position. Um, but I do feel that this somehow is going to end up affecting his money. And because of maybe the connection and the power that Mary has, it could end up affecting the case and the connection that she has with lawyers and prosecutors. So this is not going to go very well. That's just my theory because I'm still convinced that Mary is crazy and that she kidnapped him kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 
it's going to get messy. Uh, I can see it's going to get messy, but uh-huh. uh, it's just a matter of how. Um, and you said something like you said, uh, you know, Tariq should be scared or whatever. But like, I want to ask this question though: um, Should Tariq be scared of Monet, or should Monet be scared of Tariq? Because you know, like this is after no. all, this, this is the guy who Tariq killed ghosts. Is... He killed ghosts. Remember that. No. And he's, yeah, but yeah, he's we very know we know that he killed ghosts, but he here's the thing. Yes, he is very intelligent, but when it comes in regards to street smarts, she has him beat. She's been doing this way longer. Remember the whole situation if we're going back with the phone? Remember how she said I was walking before you was crawling or something in that regards? Basically saying that she's always 10, 20 steps ahead of everyone. When it comes to our thinking in regards to, you know, what kids do, that I feel could easily be applied by streets. Um, Ghost is not some type of powerful, omnipresent, even from back then. Um, We don't know the sheer amount of connections that um, Mary's character has. So, no, to answer your question. And I still kind of feel that Tariq may think that he is going to fix the situation and end up getting into even worse. Right. Now, okay, so when it comes to violence and stuff, Monet has Tariq beat, of course. I mean, she's got Kane. You know, she's a very strong person herself. And, you know, she she can get something done to Tariq. But, um, like, the way they're writing Tariq this season... It, they're making him like super calculating like ghost was originally in in power um and it's like Tariq is already thinking like five steps ahead it looks like and i i think he um he has many cards he can play against monet um and he might already be plotting something against her so that's the reason i asked so should she be scared of him but she is already onto him of course because you know um she was looking for for information on him and everything previously and now she has a trump card of course with uh tasha being in prison and everything so um it's like you know it's, it's almost a stalemate they they kind of you know they could uh pull some strings against one another if if it comes to that so it's gonna it's like i said it's gonna be messy and it's gonna be interesting to see what comes of this arrangement uh moving forward um, but Rich, what do you think about this whole situation and them finally working together? All right, so let's 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 approach it with, from this angle first and foremost. I do believe it is going to be a messy situation. They have already established in this episode that yes, Monet is a very controlling parent, and when she had her whole conversation with Diana about not going to school, we already know, as we have seen in other movies tv shows whenever there is a controlling parent what happens nine times out of ten the 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 the, the kid will go behind the parents back and do whatever they want to do so this goes right into the fact that she is developing a relationship with Tariq. obviously monet does not want her around Tariq, but now you have this complicated situation where you decide to work with this with this kid who is supposedly a very dangerous person to work with and you think you can control them. Um, so now that means that there's definitely going to be some issue. 
one thing that I don't really understand um, is that obviously they have established the fact that Zeke needs he needs Tariq because if he doesn't have Tariq helping him to get this work done then he will not get a scholarship. He will not be able to play ball. He will not be able to go to go and, and, and will not be able to go to the NBA. Okay, that's clear. But beyond that, with the information that Monet knows about Tariq, why would you still want to work with this kid if he's so dangerous? That's why I go back to the question of why does she want to keep this business thing going? When the police officer clearly told her it's not a good idea to keep this thing going, there has to be a reason why she needs this to keep going. Whereas you would go out and work with somebody who you were told is not somebody you should work with just to keep things going. So they have to do a better job of explaining what is the struggle? Why do they have to keep the business going? Are they in some type of financial debt or some type of issue? That has to be made very clear. So I'm hoping that that is explained as we get deeper into the episodes because otherwise you're just asking for trouble working for someone working with somebody who you know yeah Tariq says it's easy money you know kids at this college they need these pills we we can do this and you won't even be linked to this so on and so forth but why take the risk unless there's something else that's telling you oh we have to work with this kid so they have to do a better job of explaining that because they haven't done a good job of, of explaining it yet yeah that that's just like to- um that that's one of the holes here because it's like um, Monet and her family, like they're obviously they're looked at these they're, they're looked at as these big experienced, you know, drug kingpins or whatever who have been in the streets who have been doing this right. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, in this episode they kind of show us that they're dealing with these uh, people who are kind of you know uh, blowing up the situation on social media or whatever. Um, and you know, I guess that's kind of like their main customer i guess if you will um that they're kind of you know giving drugs to or whatever right but it's like the streets is the streets right so it's like if you if if you don't want to deal with those people anymore surely you can find other people like surely Mm -hmm. you have other contacts or you know other people that you can distribute this stuff to um you know because you should have a lot of different connections at this point um especially if your husband is you know this kind of big polarizing figure that they're making him out to be like this you know this big hotshot or whatever um like surely there's there's somebody else that she could get into business with right but she settles on Tariq who you know at this point you know his 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 dad is allegedly dead um and you know his mother is in prison um and you know everything is kind of against Tariq's name right now um, and on top of that he's a school kid and I mean on a school campus like that's kind of a, a risky business situation as it is like um, that could fall apart at any time so so yeah it is a bit like it's not it's not entirely plausible that this would happen um, and you know if Monet is privy to all of this information about Tariq you know already then yeah it's probably not the the best idea but i guess zeke is supposed to be the determining reason in this as well uh because mm-hmm. she, she wants him to stay in school or whatever and then you know be able to go to the nba or whatever but but yeah i i don't know um it that that's power for you you know everything is convenient in a way but um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But, I mean, we, we just, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to kind of be like, okay, all right, it's convenient, but let's see where this goes. Uh, but, yeah, that is that is kind of a flaw in, in the writing. Uh, but and, and I hope they tighten that up a little bit more as, as we move on. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it. It it can't really just be about Zeke. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that it is, and that's what they are really heavily to. It's really about making sure that he can stay in school and he can do what he has to do. But I, I, w- I would question that if I find it very weird how Monet is concerned about that, but she's not concerned about her own kids. She wants them to stay doing the family business. Yeah, exactly. So. That's that's a problem. They have to explain this a lot more than they've done so far. Yeah, it's, it's like she thinks of Zeke as being talented as, as and being able to make it, but mm-hmm. why why don't you see that in your own children too? Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the problem. Big problem. Um, but yeah, um and speaking of Zeke as well, like I kind of like that they showed more of his character and his what he's going through because um, I watched uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, uh, The Last Dance, or whatever, um, and that was actually a pretty interesting documentary series. And I'm kind of interested now in the life of you know a basketball player, like going from you know the college scene all the way to the pro NBA scene, uh, yeah, NBA scene and everything. So. Um, that that's an interesting story to see play out in the show as well, and I'm wondering if they're going to show more of that as things go on. Um, obviously, a lot of that is it does you know lie on Tariq and what he's able to do for for Zeke. So uh, I'm sure we will see more of it, but um, yeah, I, I found that I definitely found that interesting to kind of see that perspective, you know, of of a young basketball player who wants to get to the NBA. Um, oh so yeah, I, I I I instantly thought of NBA 2K, the 2K series when they have the my player uh, career mode, and they show this exact same stuff with you interviewing reporters, and then you have to pick a, a, a answer, and then based on your answer, it'll either bring up the team morale or lower the team morale. Same thing goes for the coaches and the press as well. So yeah, that 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 um good for them to emphasize that for sure. Um, and we'll see where where it goes from here. Yeah, and I can say that's one of the um, things I kind of like about this series so far because it gives you a lot of different uh, perspectives. So, like you know, in main in the main power, although that was I, 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 at this moment, I feel like that was the best show, like the original power. Um, but it was mainly a crime show, you know, like it, it revolved around the criminal underworld and everything. But this is like it's giving you different sides. Like you know, you're seeing, but the life of a basketball player, the teachers, uh, you're seeing the courtroom drama, and you're also seeing the criminal world. So I kind of like that so far about it. Um, so so that's pretty cool. But um, but yeah, any um final things to say about you know Monet and Tariq and the situation they're getting into uh, before we speak on what's to come next. Dana, you got anything? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. They, they, I don't trust her. 
Dana said Mary J. Blige still can't act. Also, so that's that's the other thing. I don't don't know why you put words in my mouth. This this was a very positive discussion. (laughs) I don't I don't know why you gotta be saying that. You know, this is an Oscar award win nominee. (laughs) I don't know why you would ever think Mary J. Blige was not the most exceptional actress of all time to grace television screens. That's true. She is. She is wonderful in her delivery of lines with the same note. <laughs> you don't think she did a better job in this episode? I have no comment. <laughs> you know, well, I, well, well, uh, acting. You know, it, it takes some time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll let, let, let's see what is the explanation she gives as to why she's controlling, and then I guess we can use that as a determining factor. Mm-hmm. In, in that particular argument, so there's still no determining factor unless there's like a hit out on all your kids the second that you no longer have any control of them. There's no explanation to how she's acting. She's acting like I said, like she didn't kidnap them kids. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, like... he's way too paranoid with the phone. Why is there a family burner? Even if you are a drug dealer thing. I have never heard of the family burner phone where we all have to come together and use this one phone and you're not allowed to have other phones. That that was weird. a that was weird phrasing to call it a family burner, but um I I can I can understand family. I can understand like having a specific burner to contact Lorenzo, but yeah. Why call it the family burner? Like that 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 was weird phrasing, I guess. But yeah, the wording was. That's what I'm saying. It's the way how she said it made me feel that something is not right. Mm. Family burner phone. Then she's running around and destroying uh, the other phone. Mm. It's, it's, it's something's not right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the main thing with uh, Mary J. Blige, the the actress, um, is like. Um, her facial range isn't very deep, like um, I feel like, <laughs> like her her wow. expressions. Her expressions. Go ahead, go ahead. There will be some Mary J. Blige fans that are going to be comment, leave leaving negative comments on this video. Is direct. Uh, I'm sorry. Direct all of the hate towards Gary. I said nothing. She is an Oscar Award nominee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't even think she's bad, to be honest. Like I, I haven't I haven't watched her performance and been like, Wow, this is terrible or anything like that. But like I just feel like, you know, um it's mm-hmm. just her you know, her facial expressions are sometimes a little bland and like for the scene that she's in or whatever. So um, if she wow. works, if she works on well, that, she said she no more drama. <laughs> there you go. She said no more drama in my life. So then she's not giving into that energy of drama. Absolutely, anymore. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like Tasha, Tasha is actually a good facial actor because she she has like different expressions and stuff. So, so like um, you know, if she if if uh, Mary works on that, she'll be good. I think. And that, that was that was Lala's problem as well. She wasn't really good with the facial expressions, I don't think. Yeah, so. that's, that's true. Lala wasn't good in a lot of aspects, and it wasn't just the face. <laughs> but we no longer have to talk about the dead characters anymore. Yeah. 
has gone on to that next 50 Cent show. Yeah, I guess. So, let's move on to uh, the promo that we saw at the end, you know, because I don't want to make people mad. So, let's, uh, you know, swiftly move on to the, the promo at the end of this episode. Uh, we see, you know, a returning character again, which is, uh, you know, Mr. Tate. And, um, you know, we see many other scenes as well. So, I want to hand it over to Rich now because, you know, he's like, he he gives the you know some of the best analysis on these promo um you know uh videos that we see so rich what's your thoughts on on that and and what can you kind of dissect from that promo that you know we we might uh we might see play out next week well we saw mary uh we saw monet uh finally tell her kids that uh Tariq st patrick is their new uh business partner and we see that uh, Tariq, uh, all throughout that trailer, uh, obviously um, just working on stacking that paper to help out his mom. Talking with Brayden, there's, there's a lot of sh- different shots of, of Brayden hitting the, hitting somebody. So obviously they're going to have to deal with some some people as well. And when it comes to getting their money and, and doing the getting the product, uh, we see that uh, you know Tariq is basically talking to Tasha and she's telling him, "You need to get a gun." You know, for protection and stuff like that, and, and we did see that. I guess Tariq is going to get a gun in the next episode as well. We see that he has a very interesting conversation with Lauren, and she mentions that you know you're not the only one that has secrets. And right before that, there's a shot of her uh, in a conversation with Jabari, and Tariq is also there. So I don't really know what oh. what, what what yeah yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what they're going to reveal about the Lauren character. Uh, but obviously, it's 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 more to that character than meets the eye, and yeah, we'll have to see what that's all about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the trailer it definitely made me interested to see what happens next week. Um, it looks as though business is going to start picking up for Tariq and, and everybody else involved. But it, we already know that as as you are as you both have already said, this uh, partnership is not going to. Uh, to, to, to be as smooth as everyone would would, would think it's going to be. So uh, I'm curious to see how that starts to unfold. And it does also look like uh, Tariq kisses Diana for the very first time in next week's episode. So we'll see what type of drama that creates, uh, you know, in terms of how the storyline moves forward. <laughs> wow. that Yeah. I, I think next week's episode is going to be like, way better than this one like because because like i said like this episode episode three was it was one of those ones where it's just kind of a a, it's a spinning wheel like it's just moving the story forward um but next week i feel like you know we're gonna see some explosive stuff so so yeah and 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 also it's going to be the return of uh, dana's favorite character uh tate uh, as well, so uh, this is my favorite character. Every I mean, the question I have is you know, they said that there's a case that they are now bringing up again. Is I'm guessing this has to do with uh, ghosts where he was when this whole thing happened with ghosts. I mean, I, I don't know, we'll get more answers because obviously he had his own scandal he was dealing with also in season six so um i'm curious to know what exactly it is that if what information they find that you know 
puts him into question now as well. But I, I have to give them credit because they found a way to make a show where you can bring back all these other characters. And again, it will keep people interested because Tate also has a spinoff. Tommy also has a spinoff, even though Tommy is not on the show yet. I find it interesting, yes, how Dana made the, because he made a comment about this before, you know, they are finding a way to bring other characters that also have spinoff shows back for this show, so now you have to watch this show to see what happens to those characters and how that's going to be connected to their spinoff. So I give him credit for that, but I, I definitely want to see what's the explanation for bringing Tate back um, in this show. So yeah. I look forward to next week. Yeah, I, I really like that they that they do that because you know it is. I, I know I bring this up all the time, like this parallel, like to the MCU, but it really is like that. It's like now it's a universe because you know we know that Tate has his own show, but we're also seeing him here, and you know, so it's like it really feels connected. So I go give him credit for that for sure because uh, that that definitely takes some effort, um, but. Yeah, uh, Dana, have you got any predictions for next week based on that promo? No, I have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's gonna, it's gonna see more of the what? No, no, it's gonna. You know, we're gonna just see more of Tariq try to straddle both the lines as a student and uh, now a partner drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah, I I really want to see um, that scene with Method Man and uh, Tate. You know, I want to see. What, <laughs> I want to see what sparks that in in the investigation and and the case and everything. So, yeah, because yeah. that that could be interesting. Um, and yeah, like, so what do you guys think about Method Man so far? His character in in this episode. Um, like he didn't really do a lot. Like he was there a lot, but he didn't have a lot of lines, I guess. Um, but this is what I like about you know Method Man's character because it's like he says a lot with with just his expression, you know. Um, and there's these scenes where he's just like giving looks and and things like that, and it says you know a thousand words, like just the way he's looking and stuff. So I I like that. Like his character is like very animated and and uh and stuff and he seems like very smart as well like because he always seems to know that there's more going on so like do you guys feel like his character is has been a, a positive addition to the show so far go ahead dana Oh, absolutely. Yes, a thousand percent. His character is very interesting, um, even though it's, you know, the stereotypical sleazy lawyer. But he plays it very well to the point where I, I want to learn more about his character. I want to know the backstory. I want to know how he became a lawyer. And I'm interested in seeing his involvement with Tate. And they're both kind of two sleazy characters, too. <laughs> so it could be very fun. Yeah. You satisfied with him so far, Rich? Absolutely. I mean that that was one of the reasons why I was interested in watching the show. Him and Mary J. Blige. You're adding people who are fans of the original power to the show, and obviously with Method Man, we know a lot of the roles he's had in the past. He's still playing like a silly type of character, 
not really a character you can take serious. In this particular role, I do, obviously, it's still silly at times with the character, but again, he's supposed to be a lawyer, uh, so you kind of look at him a little bit differently with a suit on and all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan of Method Man. I think he's been a great addition to the show. I'm very curious to see what happens, though. And, and again, as I had mentioned uh, when we recorded uh, previous episodes, I want to see more of what the ca- what's going on with the character in his personal life outside of the courtroom. Because as you made mention to, this is a sleazy lawyer. You know, you would only assume that, yes, he, maybe he does some, some dirty stuff, too, behind the scenes, similar to how uh, Proctor was doing stuff dirty as well. So, um, yeah, I'm curious if they're going to explore that, but we'll have to wait and see. Do you think uh, Tamika is going to join the team and they're, they're going to be like a super group of lawyers? I mean, given uh, Sax's track record of how he destroys relationships, I would not be surprised if he messes around and causes things to go awry with Tamika, and that leads to her joining. But I, I think, I think eventually, yes, they, they they didn't want to. Again, it feels to me like they didn't want to rush into making this all about Sax, at least not in the very beginning of the of the season. But as we get deeper into the season. Absolutely, 100%. I think that that is going to happen. It's just a matter of what is going to be uh, the act that pushes it over for her to say, okay, maybe I will join up with you and help you take down Sacks. So we'll have to see what, how they're eventually going to get to that point. But it, I, I do think it's coming. Cool. Yeah, I would love to see that. So, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for, for this week. Um, Unless you guys had anything else to bring up, now is the moment to do so. Go, <laughs> going once, going twice. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that that will be it for this week. Um, this is one of our longest episodes in a while. I thought it was going to be the shortest, to be honest. But um, with, as, as always, there's a lot to discuss with this show, um, and we, we love talking about it. So, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, and as I said before, you're free to send those voice uh, voice notes to Gary at thecoalition.com if you wish to have it played on the show and everything. And yeah. we wanna, uh, what's up, Rich? Oh no, I, I have a comment to make. I'll wait till you finish. Okay, uh, and I was just gonna say, and you know, we we uh we appreciate everyone who leaves comments every week. Make sure you like, comment subscribe if you want to to uh you know the youtube also visit the the coalition.com website we have a lot of other content you know dana has many interviews with people in the entertainment field uh we have you know video game talk on there as well uh talking about the ps5 and everything um and yeah we have wrestling we have a lot of stuff on the website so definitely go check that out um, and you know you can also catch us on Spotify and um, you know at the Apple Podcast app. Uh, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And Rich, what was what did you want to say? Yeah, I, I just want to take a quick minute to uh, once again thank uh, Mr. Robert Silver for the for the for the nice words. Um, you know we 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 appreciate everybody that leaves comments. Um, when we do have uh, uh, voice messages also, it's also great motivation for us to continue doing this show because, again, when we started recording this upcoming season, I think we all, well, at least you and I, we did not have a positive mindset that this show was actually going to be worth covering. So 
whenever I hear positive feedback from uh, the commenters as well as the uh, people leaving messages such as Robert, I really appreciate that. Uh, so if anyone does want to leave any more audio or just comments in general, definitely uh, put that out there. We appreciate all the feedback we get, 100%. And again, if you want to debate us on any of the questions that we asked, please leave that those conversations in in, in there as well. Because again, it's great. It's, it's great. It feels great to talk about these shows. We enjoy covering the shows. So uh, as long as you also enjoy the content we're going to be doing, we'll continue to do this this content for as long as we are around. So yes, that's all I wanted to say. Yes, thank you for the positive feedback. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, indeed, because you guys make it all worth it to do this, you know. So, so yeah. Um, thanks for that, and I also want to give a big thank you to Stars for for making this possible as well. Because um, yeah, you know, uh, I am in the UK, and you know, if I didn't have access, we wouldn't be able to do this. So, you know, big mm -hmm. thank you to to Stars and everything. Um, and was, wasn't there some news that uh, the, this is actually breaking some record or something? Or the viewership is really good. Yeah, uh, let me let me see if I can pull that up real real fast because um, I, I I was surprised to hear that. Uh, yeah, here it is. So according to an email that I received four days ago, uh, the headline was "Debut of Stars Original Series Power Book Two Ghosts Drives Forty Two Percent Increase." And new signups and sets all-time viewership record on the Stars app. Um, so let me just make a comment and say this. Uh, let's keep it real, okay? There aren't really too many shows on Stars that people care about. Uh, so when they heard that Power was coming back, I'm sure a lot of people signed up because they want to watch Power. American Gods is another good show on there. And of course, P-Valley, which is a show that I watched. But I think a lot of people, they like power. Think about how big it was for stars when the show first came to to, to, to the app. So I'm not really too surprised with the increase. Uh, I, I, I am, however, going to be interested to see if that number sticks to the, all the way to the end of the season. Because, um, I mean, again, this was only counting when the, the, when, when the show debuted. So I would love to see what the numbers are on a week to week basis as to whether or not the show is actually maintaining that number. Uh, but I guess we'll get that answer in, in due time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, you know, that's great news though. Uh, Cause absolutely. We, we, we need the, this show to, to keep going and hopefully, you know, the stars execs are, are happy with the progress of the show so far and everything. And, and they'll, They'll, you know, keep uh, Courtney Kemp and 50 Cent well-funded so they can keep pumping out the shows. Um, and, you know, I also saw a new story as well this week that 50 Cent is going to be producing a documentary about his beef with, with the game and G-Unit. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah, mm. for, for stars. So um, I, <laughs> I like that there's, you know, there's all this cool, you know, black hip-hop content coming out on, you know, Thanks to power being successful, so um, that that's all a positive. That's a plus. So, so yeah, props to the whole uh, stars and power team. You know, the writers, Courtney Kemp, Fifty. You know, everyone over there. Yeah, so. that's awesome. But yeah, we will be back once again next week uh, to recap episode four. 
Um, hopefully, I'm hoping there's no break this season. Like, you know, like Uh-oh. You know, they, they usually have like a week break or something. I hope that that doesn't happen this this you know for this. Um, but yeah, um, we'll be back next week. So, you know, uh, set your alarms. I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone has a good week. Until then, uh, take care of yourselves. You know, mask up and everything. And you know, be careful because this year is is pretty crazy. So absolutely, take care of yourselves, and we'll we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Peace.